you're wrong about hating Pacific Rim Uprising. I just want to say I did not agree to say that. And I think I'm going to have to leave. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I'm your host, Michael, the Kaiju Grifter, and today I am joined by my very good friend, Elijah, always winning Thomas. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Michael. You know, I just, I'm so happy, you know, always winning, beating Nathan at being on this podcast, you know, having a great time. I didn't know it was a competition, though. That's that's the thing. I, I didn't know that you guys were competing that closely about who guests the most on our podcast. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I to be honest, I wasn't uh, aware of this until, you know, Nathan decided to tweet me. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I figure I figure might as well take it. And uh, yeah, he's he's going to regret this choice. Well. Let me ask you something about Nathan. Do you believe that he could possibly be a little bit of a sore loser when it comes to to this? I, I think he is. I, I think that's exactly what it is. I, I think so, too. I think he's just a sore loser. He's he's easily butthurt uh, about things. And, you know, he just has Nathan has sensitive feelings. So we probably need to go easy on him. It's a good thing that he never listens to our show. So he's probably not ever going to hear this. Right. Exactly. 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 Well, buddy, we have a pretty fun episode uh, in store for us. And before we get into all of that, I actually uh, have the pleasure of reading out another iTunes review. This is our first iTunes review that we've had in a long while. Uh, so first of all, thank you to Kim Hogue, uh, AKA Kaiju Kim for leaving this review for us. And her review reads like this. Um, I look forward to this podcast every single week. Travis and Michael are two of the coolest and funniest guys I've ever heard or I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. There's no better way to keep up with the Kaiju world than to hang out with these two guys for one to two hours every week. I love the show and I hope it never goes away. Kaiju Kim. Well, Kim, thank you so much. We love your show too. Uh, Kim, if you're not aware, Kim has a fantastic YouTube channel uh, called Kaiju Kim, uh, where she does deep dives into movies, uh, collectible reviews, and whatever she's whatever she feels like uh, getting into in her show. So please go check out Kaiju Kim on YouTube. And I know you guys are really, really going to enjoy her content. So Elijah, if you're ready, uh, we can get into the news. And before we can do that, we have to cue the beady beady. Cue the beady beady. Clifford is not a kaiju. Just throwing that out there. You're not. Uh, fight me. <laughs> well, the first little bit of news that we have coming to us, courtesy of the Netflix realm of things, is we have a brand new trailer for Pacific Rim The Black. So, Elijah, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being meh, and then 10 being I'm about to lose my freaking mind, how excited are you about Pacific Rim The Black? Well, if we're going by meh to that, 
I'm going to have to say one. Oh, why? <laughs> why? Okay, why? Okay, first of all, as I've been very clear, I do not care for anime or animation. Okay. And on top of that, I think this looks like another just... It, it it looks like Evangelion minus the 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 deepness of teen stuff, and it's just simply, oh, these two siblings lost their parents. They find a Jaeger. They're gonna fight Kaiju, get abducted by the government, and then they're gonna get out of the government and fight their way to be the best that no one ever was. <laughs> well, did you enjoy the actual live action movie? One of them. One of them, no. Okay, so you're you're saying you are a huge fan of Pacific Rim Uprising. Okay, I'm I hear what you're saying. Um and I'm gonna have to agree with you. Pacific Rim Uprising was a masterpiece. And uh Nathan, if you do actually listen to our show, which I doubt wrong about uh, hating Pacific Rim Uprising. I just wanna say I did not agree to say that and i think i'm gonna have to leave (laughs) (laughs) well back to this anime um there was we've we've seen a couple trailers for it so far they haven't shown us a whole lot we we've seen the trailers a few posters and you know we know some of the plot synopsis um it does look like a fun anime i'm actually uh i'm with you i'm not a huge anime fan i'm just now kind of getting into it and really i'm um sort of just kind of slightly dipping my toe in with, um, you know, Pacific Rim, the upcoming Kong Skull Island anime, um, a certain, uh, well, singular point, Godzilla singular point and a certain, uh, anime trilogy that shall remain nameless for the Godzilla franchise. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what you're talking about either. Like, I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I have blotted that one out from memory. Um, something to do with it just being boring. I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what. I can't remember exactly what the issue I had. Hey with man, Hanna Barbera Godzilla was fun. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, of course, yeah. Hanna Barbera Godzilla is is fantastic. I would take Hanna Barbera Godzilla and even uh, Godzilla, the TriStar Godzilla ninety ninety eight cartoon over um, something, an undisclosed anime trilogy that shall remain nameless. So, um, anyway, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to talk about the Pacific Rim Uprising. I'm just there we go. Sorry about that, guys. The Pacific <laughs> Rim, the black anime, um, because we don't know a whole lot about it. It looks good. The animation looks good. It looks um, it looks to be a combination of traditional traditional animation and CGI, which is what we've been seeing a lot of lately. And I think that's what Singular Point is going to be uh, traditional mm-hmm. anime and see a little bit. And the monsters are going to be CGI. So. Um, looking forward to that. Um, and really just, I'm, it's sort of a wait and see kind of thing for me as far as the black goes, because like I said, I'm not a huge anime fan, so I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it my attention when it does come out. We'll probably, re- we'll probably review it for the podcast. And I'm going to go into an, I'm going into it with an open mind, similar to what I am with, uh, with Godzilla singular point. So Anyway, moving on to another news item that you might actually be a little bit more familiar with because you are a physical media nut. Um, 
is the new German Godzilla Planet of the Godzilla Planet of the Monsters Collector's Edition Blu-ray set is revealed. The set is available for pre-order now from Amazon uh, Amazon.de, which I'm assuming is the Dutch uh, or German mm-hmm. version of Amazon. Mm-hmm. However, it is it is currently sold out and is the number one bestseller. Um, oddly enough, so do you have any thoughts on on this particular little news item? Yeah, so, okay, I'm going to be real. Um, I don't buy foreign stuff. So the, this part, the, the fact that it's the German Blu-ray, it's really cool, and I'm happy uh, they're getting it first because they don't get a lot of uh, kaiju stuff, so that's really yeah. awesome. But what I'm reading this as is now it's being shipped around for physical. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. That's what I'm really excited for. Now we can get... Hopefully, within the next year or so, we can get it here in the States on a Blu-ray. I think it's going to be a triple-pack, like, steelbook special thing that Netflix is going to do. But if if we get single releases, I'm down for that, too. That's awesome. Which is even actually kind of even better uh, for me, because uh, the only movie worth watching out of that entire trilogy is the third one. Uh, you're, You're not wrong. But I'd say number one is okay at best. So number one was okay. Number one was I will be fair. Number one was as it was an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two I despise because of you know false advertising. Mecha um, <clears throat> Godzilla City. Um, and number three, I really feel like they could have just told us the entire story in number three, and it would have been okay. Like I feel mm-hmm. like we could have gotten just number three. The what is it? The Planet Eater. Yeah. Yes. Uh, part three. Uh, mm-hmm. and it would have been okay. I don't know if, um, I don't know if we really needed three movies to tell this long, uh, depressing story. That was the Godzilla anime trilogy. Yeah. Um, and you can tell audio listener, you can really tell that I love the Godzilla anime trilogy. And real quick, I just want to say it's not depressing. Like even you know, deep talking about, you know, uh, coming of age, depressing. We're talking about just, it's depressing to watch. I think I fell asleep. Like I had to watch planet of the monsters twice because I fell asleep the first time. Uh, it, I, I think I have, uh, I know with city on the edge of battle, I can't sit through it. Like I, I literally like, I can't, it, it's too bad. It's awful. It's garbage. It's, it's not deep. Okay. Okay. Uh, listen, the people at Monsters vs. Men, if you listen, it's not deep. There are no messages outside of technology bad, religion bad, government bad. It's not deep. Everybody gets it. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It, it, it's I know they I know Alex and Eric are really high up on the anime trilogy, which is fine. You to each their own. I'm not going to sit here and crap all over someone who's just who loves it for what it is. But for me personally, it's just, you know, it was just it was an interesting story. I just I don't think it lived up quite to the potential that it set out to be. And mm-hmm. although part three planet, the planet eater was visually interesting, it was a vi- like planet eater was a visually beautiful film, I thought. Uh, especially when uh, King Ghidorah, uh, King Ghidorah makes his first appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, outside of that, I'm just not a huge fan. But anyway, about this physical release, I'm really excited for our friends over in the UK uh, because, like you said, they don't get a whole lot of like kaiju Godzilla related things over there. So I'm really excited for those folks. And I know a uh, friend of the podcast, Chris Degel, uh, lives over in Germany. So I, he's got to be chomping at the bit for this release. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So moving on to the next uh, news item, it looks like we have a new teaser trailer for Godzilla Singular Point that was revealed. Uh, have you seen the teaser trailer for the new Godzilla Singular Point? Yes. And I'm assuming you loved every second of it? Uh, um, there, there is this magical place between I don't care and it's garbage. <laughs> that I rest (laughs) and I've been there and I plan on staying there (laughs) for the entirety of its existence. Uh, Okay. So you have gone on record a lot of times on social media (laughs) and on this podcast and on your own podcast. Cause I remember you did a round table discussion of all the news items coming up. Outside of the fact that, you know, Jet Jaguar just kind of looks a little off. Um, you know, he definitely has his shortcomings, but um, and uh, <laughs> what else? <laughs> what else? What, what What is it you are really kind of uh, what what's what's really troubled you about the Godzilla singular point so far? OK, so we have Pteranodon Rodan or Pteranodan, okay. as I like to call him. Pteranodon, OK. We have uh, Titanosaurzilla, question mark. Well, okay, so that was, from what I, I think uh, it was our friend Ben that mentioned that that was a holdover from a uh, concept, from some concept yes. art. Yeah, so it's it's based, it appears, and August Ragone pointed this out too, it appears to be based off of concept art for a whale Godzilla, like taking the... Uh, jira part of his name in making Mm -hmm. it literal okay which if that's the case i still don't like it but i'll give it the benefit of the doubt that it's not titanosaurus but if that is titanosaurus they've massacred my boy yeah they i noticed that now it, it is the closest thing it is the closest to well okay let me say this titanosaurus is the closest kaiju that i can think of that it resembles so that's why i think everyone has latched on to oh it's definitely titanosaurus and it really i mean it would it makes perfect sense that it would be titanosaurus except for it there's some very interesting differences Mm -hmm. uh with with this and the titanosaurus we we know and love which you know given the fact that singular point sends to tends or sees sim seems there we go there's the word i was looking for there we go singular point seems to be taking a very paleo approach to the franchise i'm not at all surprised yeah but i just because i'm in the same boat as you i'm not surprised but that doesn't mean I'm happy either. Um, I, I think uh, G-Man on Twitter uh, said something about this. But why is it every Godzilla has to be more dinosaur-like? Like it, what what happened to the fact that Godzilla is fictional? Mm-hmm. He isn't supposed to look like a dinosaur. He looks 
like Godzilla, because that's right. what he is. He's he's Godzilla. He's not a dinosaur. Right. Um. Same with Rodan. Yeah, he's based off of a pterosaur to an extent, and uh, Radon, the Japanese name, I believe is a prefix of the Japanese uh, term for Pteranodon. But just because those are aspects doesn't mean it should be taken literally. It should be at most an homage or a inspiration and mm. not what you're taking and saying is a new approach. It, it's a new approach, but it's not special, if right. that makes sense. Right. I mean, it's. I think it's more special than what we've gotten. But I think it's just different uh, because we've all kind of known and we've all kind of assumed that these kaiju, these giant monsters are modeled after uh, um, you know, dinosaurs and, and creatures that are already in existence. I like, as you were talking there, the, the, uh, the scene in Godzilla raids again, where they're explaining Godzilla and Anguirus's origins. Um, you know, they used a lot of paleo, they used a lot of paleontology references in that movie to explain, you know, what species they were, why they were here, you know, uh, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So it, it it's not outside the realm of of possibility, or it's not outside of the realm of something that's abnormal for the franchise. It's just it the fact that it's it's taken a very literal um, paleo turn is a little bit jarring for some fans, and like, like you. And you know, speaking of design, we did. Uh, this is sort of a later breaking news item. Later, earlier in the week. We did get a full look at uh, at Mister um, at, at the at Goji himself. So um, before you moan and groan too much, you care to share with us your thoughts on what uh, this particular Godzilla will look like? Um. So okay, the spines look really good. I like the spines. I like the leaf uh, patterns. That's really cool. There is, uh, I, I like, you know, the color. They got Godzilla's complexion just right. You know, uh, it's just, you know, that was great. You know, the complexion is beautiful. Uh, give me something else that's good. (laughs) Well, what about the infinite infamous, Thunder thighs. No. Okay. <laughs> Netflix ruined those thighs. Have you seen their tweets? I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't um, want to get into it because Netflix, darn you for um, or for playing to the um, let's just say the weirder, uh, the weirder uh, sections of the fandom. Thank you for that, Netflix. Yeah. Um, but I actually like the design myself. Like I, when I first saw the when we first saw the sketch of the head, I was really interested to see what the rest of the body was going to look like. Now I'm a little bit disappointed with some aspects of it. Goji uh, Goji looks a little bit flat chested. Is the mm-hmm. best way I know how to explain it. I remember I think Jack uh, posted a tweet out on uh, G Man posted a tweet uh, earlier. 
this week, you know, say, I think it was something like why, whatever happened to Godzilla having a buff chest or whatever it was, uh, because this particular Godzilla does not have a barrel chest as like some Godzillas do like sort of like legendary does, uh, even the, even the anime trilogy Godzilla and, and even 1998 had a barrel, had sort of a barrel, like reptilian chest. This one doesn't seem to have uh, a very defined, uh, chest area, which, but he does have thunder He does have thunder thighs, which I guess makes up for it. Um, I'm actually pretty high up on the design. I like this design more than the, uh, than the first anime, uh, Godzilla that we got. Um, because it reminds me a lot of GMK and I mm-hmm. like G mm-hmm. and I like GMK's design. Yeah. Uh, it's got the protruding tusks or fangs, whatever, however people want to, whatever people want to call them. Uh, it's, it's much more hyper aggressive than, uh, say the, even the anime trilogy was mm-hmm. the design for the anime trilogy. And I'm really here for that. I'm, I'm honestly a little bit nervous as to how they will handle the atomic breath aspect of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I hope that they make it more of a beam than a, like uh, a fire breath effect. I just, I don't want them to do that. I know that's sort of going to be a nitpick if they do, but I'm, I'm really intrigued as to how they handle some of the more, uh, some of the more famous aspects of the lore, like the atomic breath and some other things. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say this. I thought the head looked good when we got the head reveal. I was very happy with what we got. Right. Um, but you know, the feet, I, I don't like uh twinkle they went toes. back to the yeah they went back to the three toe design from like yeah. uh, uh, from King Kong versus Godzilla we haven't mm-hmm. seen a three I don't think we've seen a three toed ninety eight was the last time was ninety eight the last time we saw okay I okay. believe so unless the uh, the other anime had three toes but I don't think it did I don't think it did either I think every Godzilla has had four toes since. Uh, since ninety, well, nine, like you said, ninety eight was the the last three toed mm-hmm. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Which uh, that's partially because Toho makes that a requirement. Um, when mm-hmm. you license Godzilla, he has to have four toes. Um, that's mm-hmm. one of the licensing agreements. But I, I don't. His feet look. He's very bulky, like we've been talking. I his feet are kind of small. I I don't see how those feet would work with his body mass. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd call them small, but they are, they are a lot more reptilian than what we were, what we're used to. Let's just say that. Yeah. They're, they're a lot more reptilian than what we're used to, but you know, we're not really going to know a whole lot about, about Godzilla until we see him in action. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we've said before, like Travis and I've talked about before, we are going to watch it when it comes out. Uh, we will probably publish an episode pretty shortly after we watch through it. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it, and I know you are looking forward to it because I you I can hear it in your voice how much. Okay, you're, you're going I, to love it. I will be upfront, and I'll be honest. If it is good, like uh-huh. if it's actually entertaining, I will not just say I hate it because I say it now. If it's good, I will be thrilled. I, I will. I'd love to have a good anime Godzilla. Yeah, doesn't mean I want it though. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, because there has to be something out there for everybody. 
of course there, there has to be and and why not and why not do something like singular point honestly it, it, there are there's a big cross section of the fandom who not only likes tokusatsu but they also like anime so and they like traditional anime and and whatever comes out of those uh, the various studios and i know like i said like we talked about the the anime trilogy that came out on netflix a few years ago is still held in really high regard so i know there are going to be a lot of people out the gate that are just going to want to praise this thing to the heavens. And I'm like you, I'm going to take a very sort of nuanced approach to it. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to go in with an open mind and I'm going to try to be as honest as I can about it. And I know Travis uh, will as well. So mm-hmm. that's really all I had to say about Godzilla singular point at this. At, and we need to probably move on to the next news item, which I know we're going to uh, ta- spend a little bit of time on, but it looks like we are ramping. We are definitely ramping up to Godzilla versus Kong. So we, I think it was last Sunday we got the uh, Japanese trailer release with it's basically the same footage, but mm-hmm. with a little bit of extras added in. We got um, another teaser trailer the other day, uh, or uh, sorry, another teaser trailer yesterday because we're recording. We recording a little bit later on this, a little bit later this week. We're recording this on a Monday. We got the teaser trailer yesterday, and with some with some brand new footage. So let me ask you, Elijah, from what we've seen so far of Godzilla versus Kong, what what level is your hype meter at for this film? Okay, so quick disclaimer: I never get excited for monsterverse movies. Um, it's not saying I don't hate, I don't like them, but expectation leads to disappointment. If I don't expect and I'm not excited for the movie, I will like it when it comes out. Um, that being said, from what we've seen, I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. Why are you nervous? Okay, so I, 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 I. I don't know why he. Why did they think? Oh, we're making Godzilla versus Kong. Let's throw Mecha Godzilla in there. I I don't understand it. I'm nervous because I feel like they're going to shoehorn him in there just so they have the big five, mm-hmm. and I'm not excited. Yeah. Now, I I get that. I get that. But like, I'm wondering the. I'm wondering if. Okay, so here. Here's what Travis and I have talked about. I think we're going to get it is going to be Godzilla versus Kong for for most of the movie. Oh boy. What 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 I'm fearful for, what I'm very fearful for is they treat Mecha Godzilla similar to how they treated the Oxygen Destroyer ah. in King of the Monsters. That is what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um I'm afraid that Mecha Godzilla will not get enough screen time in the film. Uh, I anticipate we'll get we'll get two battles with we'll get two battles again like one on one Godzilla versus Kong, and then the third battle will be a team up with against Mecha Godzilla because Mecha Godzilla is the bigger threat, and Godzilla and Kong will need to uh, will need to dis- dispense of him before they can get back to to their own thing. So, but I'm just I'm really nervous about how they're going to handle Mecha Godzilla. Right. Um, are they, is Mechagodzilla going to be the bad guy? Is he going to be the good guy? Are they going to go the Heisei route and make Mechagodzilla the good guy? Um, my gut tells me that 
Mecha Godzilla is probably going to be developed by Monarch, and then somehow the technology gets hijacked, so and then altered in some way, maybe by a biological brain similar to what we have, similar to cure you. Uh, to destroy the Titans, to destroy Kong, to destroy Godzilla. And then that would make him the instant villain. And so our heroes, uh, Godzilla and Kong, would have to destroy Mechagodzilla to, you know, they would have to put their rivalry aside to, to destroy Mechagodzilla. Yeah. I'm not quite sure because the, 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 the tagline and everybody, and Adam Wingard has went on record of saying, yes, there will be a clear winner. And I'm not 100% sure how we're going to get a clear winner if you throw Mechagodzilla into the mix. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I, I'm, my, what my gut's telling me, and this is, what, this is more like my fan plot, my fan plot for this sure. movie. So I think we're going to have three, three Godzilla and Kong fights. I think we're going to have one on the boat. We're going to have one in Hong Kong, and we're going to have one like at the end of the film or something. Um, or, you know, I think we'll have three fights, three rounds, winner take all. Uh, I think we're going to see Mechagodzilla in the middle part of the movie, and I don't think he's going to leave that middle part. I, I think they're going to. I, I think Mechagodzilla was made and controlled by Apex. I think that's why Godzilla's attacking Apex facilities. Um, just, I, I think what they're doing is they're mixing uh, Gamera Three, so Godzilla is both the good guy and bad guy fighting for the Earth, not humans. Uh, and Mechagodzilla is giving off some sort of thing, like in uh, Megaguirus. Where you know the radiation uh, that uh, was in Osaka uh, was attracting Godzilla. I think something like that's going to happen with Mechagodzilla, right? Um, which is why Godzilla's you know out for to kill people, and Mechagodzilla get destroyed somehow. And I think the final fight's going to be Godzilla and Kong duking it out. And I think you know one. I I hope Godzilla wins. You know. But with with everything, you don't know. Um, yeah, you know, given the fact that that the MonsterVerse has a very uh, sneaky reputation of subverting expectations, like it, they show us one thing, but then when you finally go watch the movie, it gives us a totally different outcome than what we were expecting. Mm -hmm. Right now, they are totally billing Kong as the as oh, yeah. the underdog, as the hero. Mm -hmm. You know, they are like Kong. It like. I was telling somebody today that, you know, Kong is for the normies and Godzilla is for the nerds. Yeah. Like they're, they're getting, they're getting the gen audiences in, they're getting butts in seats with the gen audiences with Kong because, you know, history has shown us that, uh, although Godzilla is a bigger franchise and, you know, commands a, um, I don't want to say more respect than Kong. Um, but in the United States, Kong seems to do extremely well rather than Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Uh, and whereas Godzilla performs well overseas. Correct. So, you know, I'm wondering if, 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 if legendary and the monster is not trying to subvert our expectations because 
the very first trailer that we got was a very Kong focused trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, Godzilla or it was Godzilla getting punched in the face that, which we later saw in the second Japanese trailer, Godzilla fires back with the pimp slap and knocks Kong down, which good on you. Good on our Godzilla boy, uh, team Godzilla all the way because, you know, uh, Kong couldn't knock Godzilla off his feet, but you know, um, that, that's little, that little slap from Godzilla, uh, really did, uh, <laughs> knock Kong on his ass to, or his, oops, sorry, his, uh, button, didn't it? Um, oh yeah. And I, 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 to follow up, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think, I think what's because every MonsterVerse movie has false advertising. 2014 was supposed to be this dark series brooding movie. Skull Island was going to be more of what appeared to be a horror movie with the music. Um, uh, King of the Monsters was supposed to be actually good and beautiful. Um, <laughs> and, and shame, shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you, Elijah. I'm just saying the composition of that movie is pretty bad. Um, and then here in GVK, they're not marketing the film wrong. It's they're they're being upfront and honest. This is a video game movie. It's not going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful, but it's not going to be like Oscar-nominated cinematography. Um, especially with that music playing, it's it's not going to be that serious of a film. But with Kong, they are making it so Kong appears to be the hero, and I guarantee you, this is going to all be subverted, and Team Godzilla going to be the winner. Well, you know, he did, you know, Kong did, uh, contrary to what the conspiracy theorists believe, Kong did win in 62, 63. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would make sort of sense, especially if Toho was involved, that Godzilla would get his revenge in this, in this round, in round two. Um, I was telling Nathan earlier today, I think it was, I think it was Nathan, it was either Nathan or Danny, um, that like I can see a situation where they just fight to where they're both exhausted and they just nod to one another and just like they go about their business and then the movie ends. Oh God, that, Oh no. (laughs) So basically, so basically a tie also, although my dream would be that Kong has had completely enough of Godzilla and Kong decides to bow to Godzilla as he should. Mm -hmm. My, okay. So my dream would be, Kong has put up one he- uh, one heck of a fight, and <laughs> we're trying to keep it PG thirteen for you, Travis. <laughs> and you know, Kong and Godzilla are just—they're fighting, they're fighting, they've been fighting all night. Hong Kong is in ruins; it's trashed, and Kong gets knocked down. Godzilla—he mm. st- stomps on uh, Godzilla stomps on Kong's chest. And he's about ready to blow his head off. And Kong is looking at Godzilla. And because they're trying to humanize Kong, they make it so Kong clearly is scared. Godzilla looks at Kong. And before he can shoot his atomic breath, he uh, he rears his head up and he shoots it out into the sky. And while he's shooting it down the sky, he roars and then... He stops shooting his atomic breath, walks out into the ocean. Kong stands up, and uh, it uh, goes in on Kong's eye as he stares at Godzilla swimming away. That actually makes a lot of sense. Like, I could see that. I could see that. Basically, you know, 
basically Godzilla's given Kong the "Are you done yet?" look. Are, mm-hmm. are you? Are, are we done here? Like, mm-hmm. like, because I could end you right now. Just like uh, Civil War. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I could. That, I could see that. Let's make. All right, let's change the script. If it's if that's a, if that is not in the script, legendary Warner Brothers, we know you listen to this show. Change <laughs> it right now, and work your asses. I mean, your butts off. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, until, uh, until from now until March the 30th or whenever this movie is supposed to come out, uh, and change the ending to what me and Elijah just talked about. That would be, that would be perfect. Uh, but as long as Godzilla wins, I don't care. Exactly. Uh, so, um, one more thing that I kind of want to talk about, about Godzilla versus Kong, and then we can move on into the main topic of the episode. That little girl, the storyline with the little girl is going to be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, that the I think the last teaser trailer, yeah, that was last teaser, the last teaser trailer, the one that came out yesterday, had a moment where she's signing to Kong, saying, "Be careful." And I think that that is going to be the tearjerker moment, similar to what we got in King of the Monsters with Doctor Sarazawa, mm-hmm. when when he like the 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 goodbye old friend speech mm-hmm. or not that wasn't even a speech it was just goodbye old friend and it was like and then boom it's over and that was the tearjerker moment for king of the monsters and then i think that that moment with that little girl with kong on the ground he's been he's been knocked out by a, a massive tail whip from godzilla godzilla is god knows where at that point probably off in the distance somewhere the the little girl comes over and says, please be careful as Kong goes back into battle with Godzilla. And I think that is probably what will start the sequence of events for the last and for the last battle of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's Agreed. just my theory. That is just my theory. It's I'm probably, I'm probably going to be way off, but I was looking at screenshots of that particular teaser trailer yesterday and just sort, sort of the lighting and everything. I think that moment we see, where Godzilla hits uh, Kong with the tail whip and got and Kong falls back and probably gets knocked out. Um, you know, the, the, the day like the sun comes up, mm-hmm. Kong is still on the ground and the little girl and the team come over and the little girl signs to Kong says, please be careful. And then, yeah, we go back into bat. We go into the next battle. So um, I think that's going to be the tearjerker moment for, mm-hmm. for the movie, honestly, mm-hmm. because they're really focusing in on that little girl, which I'm really interested by because there is there's a lot to play with there and there's a and it really is um it really is very much Gamera 3. So mm-hmm. if anyone out there is listening to me probably what I'm going to do leading up to um Godzilla versus Kong I'm going to watch all the MonsterVerse movies in order Godzilla 2014, Kong Skull Island, uh King of the Monsters and then right before I go to watch uh uh Godzilla versus Kong. I'm probably going to watch Gamera three because there are a lot of similarities. I think we're, that we're going to see in Godzilla versus Kong to Gamera three, which so. hopefully that means it's a good movie. Cross your hopefully. fingers. Hopefully, cross <laughs> crossing my fingers. Well, I mean, but that that pretty much does it for the news. I know we uh, we took a few days off this time around. We're um, we're a little bit delayed as far as this episode's coming out, and we had a little bit more news to talk about than we typically do. So, Elijah, if you're ready, we can move on into the main topic. I don't know. I, I mean, that's a pretty high topic. I, I don't know if we can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 
it's going to be, it's definitely, what we're going to be talking about today is definitely high art. Let me just mm-hmm, say that. Mm-hmm, it definitely. definitely. It rises above the rest in its genre for sure. So for each and every movie we review, we like to ask a trivia question the week of uh, so that we can get some community engagement. So this week's trivia question for uh, this film we're getting ready to review reads like this. What 2010 Canadian movie was directed by uh, Mangaverse, uh, Mangaverse Spider-Man creator Carr Andrews? So we got a few answers for this. Uh, we're going to start off with... Doman Noyce, uh, The Legend of the Maple Leaf Magpie. I'm not sure if if you're <laughs> not sure if you're making a reference there. If you are, I'm not getting it. Um, actually, from the look of these notes, it looks like we're getting a lot of uh, Canadian references, and I know we have a few, we I know we have a few Canadian friends, so that's going to be fun. Um, the next one. Um, uh, Jimmy from Nasada. I think that's what that says. Jimmy yeah. from Nasada. Yeah. Um, Jimmy from Nasada reads Bullwinkle's revenge. Oh, that just sounds terrible. Um, the next one, Chris Deggle, our friend in Germany, mooses on a plane. <laughs> And he writes, Travis, everyone knows the uh, plural of the, the, everyone knows the plural is meese. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, or is it, is it meese? I or is think it just, it's moose, right? It's not, I think it's mice. It doesn't matter. Kaiju Kim, uh, Yeti and Yeti in Vancouver. Now that yes. sounds like a movie. That yes. sounds like a movie you can get behind. Yeti I am Vancouver. behind Let's go. So you're behind Yeti. Mm-hmm. I'm you're, always behind Yeti. You're always behind Yeti. Okay. That brings up some mental imagery that I don't want to dive into. Okay. <laughs> Whoever Crystal Lady Jessica is writes, uh, Mounties versus Monster Moose. It ends with an epic hockey game. I'd hide <laughs> by that manga. Uh, okay. That does actually sound pretty interesting. I used to play a little bit of hockey in high school and it's a lot of fun. So watching monsters versus moose play hockey, um, could be pretty cool. So thanks, Jessica. Um, I say our friend Nathan, uh, his, his, his answer is not important. Um, excuse Raymond, me. It says what? Yeti in the title. Oh, okay. So it has Yeti in the title. So Elijah, if you want to, you can read that one. So this guy named Nathan, he kind of sounds like a loser to me. His response was Yeti 2, Giant of the 21st Century. I can get behind that. That sounds like a terrible movie. We're never going to review that movie on the podcast. Um, Raymond Martin, uh, Knucklehead, the Sasquatch stand-up, and his microphone of mirth. Well, I'd watch that. Sounds like a, that sounds like a great Netflix special to me. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Coleman, Coleman Solis. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, had to look this one up and, and had no idea he made a movie. Um, yes, yes, he did. He, he made a movie. Um, is this a movie? I, it has a beginning, middle and end. So yes, I think does it's it? a movie. Does it yes. have a beginning, middle and end? Yes. Technically. Okay. Yes. It okay. does have a big, be- Yes. Yes. Um, Kayan, Kayan, 
Kane, I guess. Uh, Ponadon. I hope I'm. I hope I didn't butcher your name. Kyan you Ponadon, I believe it Kyan is. Kyan Ponadon. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man Reign. Travis, this comic was written by the director of this movie. Okay. I mean, that's okay. A direct reference to, uh, to, to that. I know Travis is a big comic book nerd. He's more of a comic book nerd than I am. Uh, so he would totally get that reference where it was lost on me and you. Um, some guy named Nick Blackler, the masked Canuck in the Tim Hortons time loop, <laughs> the double, the double, double pa- paradox. Thank you, Nick. You're always, a, you're, uh, Nick is one of our resident Canadian listeners. So it's always fun to hear from Nick. Uh, and our favorite, uh, uh, delivery driver, Alex Sperling, he answers with the correct and actually only correct answer from this bundle altitude. So we are going to be reviewing the 2010 movie altitude. Uh, this movie stars Jessica Lowens as Sarah, uh, Juliana Gill, uh, as Mel, Ryan Don Donahue as Corey Landon Liborion as Bruce Parker and Jake Weirly as Sal. So it does have a really limited cast. There's not a whole lot of, There's not a whole lot of cast members in this film. Uh, The plot Mm -hmm. breakdown reads like this. After a monstrous, or I'm sorry, after a mysterious malfunction sends sends their small plane climbing out of control, a rookie pilot and her four teenage friends find themselves trapped in a deadly showdown with a supernatural force. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, Elijah, you watched this movie. What did you think of it? What are your first impressions? Well, um, honestly, my, my thoughts on this film are a little jarred. Um, it's well made, like the, the cinematography and atmosphere, like they're pretty good. I I really like the, the feel of this movie, but there was just, when watching it, I was like, there's something here that doesn't add up. Like it should be a good movie. But I, I couldn't find myself to enjoy it. I, I'm not sure why, but um, I, I thought about it. But uh, I kind of realized I think I didn't care for the characters when watching it. Yeah, this one took me about two times watching it before I really started to appreciate it. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, honestly, when I watched this one the first time, it kind of it sort of just struck me as a cheesy sci-fi made for sci-fi channel movie. I mean, it kind of was. Well, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think this had a big theater release. If it did, somebody please correct me because I don't know if it did. I don't remember. I did not even know this movie existed until Travis put it on the list. So, um, when I watched this the first time, I was intrigued and there are some, there are certain plot elements here that, uh, that you do lose if you're not really paying attention. And I, and sometimes I like movies like that. Uh, it was the second time though, that I really began to appreciate it. And and specifically I began to appreciate the fact that this movie is very claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's shot, it's, it's shot incredibly well. Uh, and the entire film uh, for the most part, like 90% of the film takes place in this small plane, this small little six passenger, uh, airplane. And 
you know, just the really close up shots on our characters, the, the, like sort of the, the very claustrophobic nature of the movie, um, is something that I found really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the characters are well portrayed. I think they're fairly well acted. Uh, Sarah is of course the, the, probably the best actress in this movie. Uh, yeah. she is the standout. Um, the, what is the, the, the jock character and his name escapes me now. Um, Bruce, Bruce. Yeah. The, 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 uh, Bruce, um, I'm glad that he didn't make it because, you know, he kind of got what he deserved for the film. Um, probably what I am most disappointed for is the monster itself. Honestly, honestly, this movie could have not had a monster in it and it was still been fairly decent. I don't even think that you would have needed a monster in this film for it to be interesting. It actually works just as well as sort of a, um, uh, a thriller sort of thriller adventure movie. Like these kids are in crisis. They don't know what to do. Uh, they're trapped in this plane in the middle of a storm. Um, I know why the supernatural element is there. Um, and it's a very supernatural element that we get, that it is revealed to us much, much later in the film. Um, but honestly, I don't like this movie could have worked even without the monster. I think. I, Hmm. So I, I see where you're coming from. The monster is kind of like a last second edition. It's 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 basically it's basically Dogra, except for do, it's except for this one's not really an alien. It's just a um a living apparition of of someone's uh, subconscious is okay. the best way I know how to put it. So I actually I know two. Th- I've got two things here for you. Once a fact check, I'm going to pull a Jimmy uh, from Nada. I think it is on you. Um, and oh, then Jimmy the other... from. I thought it was Jimmy from Nadada. Nadada? No. Nadada? 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 I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Something stupid. Um, but this was a direct to DVD movie, so it never saw theatrical screens. Um, and I do see where you're coming from with the monster. However, this movie was based off of H.P. Lovecraft's work. Um, the it does have a very, it does have a very Lovecraftian feel to it. Mm -hmm. And the monster was directly based off of Cthulhu. So see, I didn't get that though. Like I, I didn't get that at all though from it. I, I honestly just thought it was just a tentacled alien. Honestly, I just, that's really what I thought it was. Um, I, we watched, um, what was it? We watched underwater earlier this, we watched underwater last year, uh, as part of our sea monsters month. And that worked much more of a Cthulhu stand in than this movie. Like this movie does not like this, this monster in this movie does not scream Cthulhu to me. The only, the only thing that makes it even somewhat Cthulhu is the tentacles. And I, I don't, I don't know what else to say there. It, it doesn't feel like that to me, but I can see where you're coming from about it being very Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. It does. It has a very Lovecraftian. And in the notes here, I think it was Travis that wrote these. Um, it felt very Stephen King esque, especially with some of the plot twists that are mm-hmm. involved with this movie. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Okay. So I was actually going to bring this up, but you, you brought it up before I could, which did you prefer underwater or altitude? 
Underwater, hands down. I'd say altitude. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. Why? Okay. I like altitude's claustrophobia in camera work and even its uh, cinematography. I thought it was a really well-made film. While I think underwater failed to keep the claustrophobic feel, it just it did not feel claustrophobic to me whatsoever. Well, I don't think it entirely, but I don't think underwater really entirely set out to be claustrophobic, though. That's I don't because it kind of bounced around from in 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 the moments it was very claustrophobic, like the the scenes when they're in the diver suits and they're in the dark and all that. It did feel very claustrophobic in a but in a different way. Although where this one was very much meant to be meant to make you feel very claustrophobic, like there was the scene with the girl. Uh, where she's having sort of the anxiety attack, the the blonde girl. Mm-hmm. I think her I think her name was Mel. Uh, yeah, I think her name. Yeah, her name was Mel. Uh, she's having the anxiety attack, so she's got to take her anxiety meds because she's just freaking out about how close, what close quarters are all in. Like you're right, it does, this movie is very much a claustrophobic film, and that's what it set out to be. Whereas Underwater was claustrophobic, but I don't think it was really necessarily meant to be. Uh, claustrophobic. It just kind of worked on, on on a lot of different levels, whereas this one was meant to be a very, very claustrophobic film. And I think that might be why I liked it more, was it was very consistent with right. what it was trying to be. Um, I, I wasn't a f- big fan of Underwater, uh, underwater uh, so I, I didn't really care for that one. I was actually really disappointed with it. Uh, I thought it had so much potential and it really, really failed. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the characters in this film? What uh, what stood out to you the most about them? So, okay, this might sound a little cheesy, but I really liked the love triangle that was there but not there at the same time. Yeah, it was implied at first, and then it was directly referenced, and then yeah, like there's that there uh, that was interesting, and it was I think it was done well, like typically. Mm-hmm. Typically teenage drama like this gets on my nerves because it's always, it always comes off as this sort of super whiny and emo, but this time around it wasn't like it, it made a lot of sense in context of this film and it, mm-hmm. uh, it was just well done. Like I, I think the, I think the, the love triangle was well done in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the little, some of the twists with our, uh, two pro with our two protagonists, um, that was that made for really interesting made for a really interesting plot point mm-hmm. yeah especially at the end whenever uh you think it's over and then they subvert your expectations and it's they're right back to where they were i i thought mm-hmm. that was really cool um and i i was i was a little jarred so i i looked up and i was reading some of the reviews this movie got and a lot of people pointed out how this this movie isn't your typical you know it underwater i'm going to compare it to underwater because i think they're essentially the same film just different uh characters and uh locations um like it there were some twists and turns that felt out of the norm uh in altitude and i thought that was really interesting uh Mm -hmm. I, i actually enjoyed that part i enjoyed it um, though there was still a lot that was very predictable, and I was not shocked at when they revealed it. Yeah, the um, 
the time travel. Well, I, I don't, it's not really like, it's not really like, well, I guess it is kind of time time travel at the end, but the, 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 how the comic book, because they put a lot of emphasis on the comic book. Mm-hmm. I could smell that one coming. Yeah. I could smell that plot line coming where, um, uh, like the plot of the comic book was being played out in real life in this situation. Like I could really smell that coming. And I think, mm-hmm. um, but they did a good job of introducing it. I think. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, I, the comic book part, I wasn't surprised that the part where, uh, the other uh, protagonist was like, mm. I was the son of the people your mother killed. I was like, that was pretty, you know, I not shocked at that whatsoever. Um, and then uh, I, the ending was predictable, but I thought that was kind of cool how they did it. Um, where, you know, now that they've changed how time works, everything is going to be hunky dory for everyone. Well, once, um, once we re- once we learned that the monster was, was manifested out of, out of our, uh, main, our male protagonists, uh, imagination or a subconscious, then it was like, Oh, well that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite see that coming. Um, because this movie does a really good job for the most part of of making you think that it's just I mean they're obviously interacting with something very very real but you don't quite see the plot point of it being sort of a figment of his uh, of his emotional distress uh until it really starts to take until it really starts to happen it really starts to take place and so I think that was that was a good twist I thought uh it was super interesting um, I, I wasn't hurt by it. Like it didn't hurt my feelings at all for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about, um, what did you think about sort of the edginess, like the on edge feel of this movie? I love that part. Um, it, like whenever I was watching it, whenever they got to the scene where Corey was on the, on the side of the airplane. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. That was like, yeah. Oh, I, I felt that like I, I could feel my heart rate was starting to increase. Uh-huh. I was I was I I love that scene. Um, and Corey was my favorite character for what development they did get. So I was like, I know he's going. He's not going to make it out of this. Like this is that type of movie. But I loved it. Like the 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 framing, the editing, the music, all of it. Just it was really well done. I, that sh- that sequence, just all of it, really great. Yeah, it, but it was sort of like it was a little bit predictable, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of things in this movie. Like you know the good the good guy who's willing to sacrifice himself for the for the for the good of the team. You know he dies and the and the uh, the the not so likable male character doesn't. Mm-hmm. Or he he doesn't die yet. He doesn't die. He doesn't die right then and there. He actually survives. And so um, then it then it kind of morphs into this. I don't I know. I don't know if it's a I was talking about I was talking about this movie with somebody earlier today, and I don't know if it's quite like a whodunit, but it's I was I was sitting there wondering when the when it would sort of click with everybody that um 
that that Bruce cut the line. Mm-hmm. That that Bruce cut the line and and killed Corey to save his own self. I was wondering when that was going to. Uh, I was wondering when when it, when, um, when the characters were going to figure that part out. Okay, I this I think this gets into the the sloppy writing of the movie, but uh-huh. I do not see how he killed him. The mon- Okay, so from what I saw, Corey jumped, and right. he did not make it. Sal did not let go of the line. Like, he, he mm. was trying to bring him back, but then something grabbed Corey and pulled him out. And right. it was either he died by getting strangled to death because the rope was around him, or he cut the line and not died right. because right. Corey was already dead. Basically, right. what Sal did was, we lost one person, we're not going to lose two people. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that and was a little... That was a little weird how they how yeah, they did and I, that. and you're right and you're right. I have to correct myself too. It's not Bruce. I'm getting I'm getting Bruce and Sal mixed up. Bruce is our male protagonist. Sal uh, Sal is our male antagonist for this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean yeah, I get it. Uh, I to- I I totally get where you- I totally get where you're coming from. Honestly, if I was in Sal's position, I would have probably cut the rope too. Same. I would have definitely. I mean, that sounds that sounds terrible, but you know he's right. Like the monster at that point had already gotten him. So at that point, do you do you take the do you take the risk and chance you being eaten too, or do you just cut the line and um uh take out you know just survive go like fend for yourself basically look out for yourself is basically mm-hmm. what is what I'm trying to say. And honestly, I, um, I would have probably done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I would definitely would have done the same thing. Now, one thing I do got to say, and I found this really interesting. I thought he was going to cut the line a lot quicker. Oh, uh, me too. And me I, too. I, I love the fact that they didn't, that was, you know, it subverted the expectation. And I love that part because, mm-hmm. you know, they had hinted at the knife earlier whenever he flicked it open. Right. Um, and whenever he went out, I'm like, oh, you know, Sal is jealous because, you know, the, the love triangle. Right. And I was like, he's going to cut the line right when he gets done. And he's going to be like, that's don't mess with my girlfriend. But they didn't do that. I and was, you can tell you can tell that he thought about it. too. Yes. Because yeah. th- the way they kind of focused in on his face just for a hot second, you could tell that he thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because... You know, Sal, Sal is, yes, he's our antagonist because he is, he is made to be sort of the, the a-hole of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the loose cannon. He's the guy that just would rather sit there and drink and mouth off. Mm-hmm. And he's only in this for himself. Um, and he's in this situation where he's trapped in the same plane with his ex-girlfriend and his current girl and his, and his, and her current boyfriend, um, which, you know, would probably uh, make any man upset, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he genuinely, like it, it genuinely seemed like he did care a lot for Melanie, um, in this movie. And like the moment where she was having her drug overdose was, was really like heart pounding too, because I honestly thought that she was going to die right there on the floor. I'm actually glad that she didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then immediately after that, you get, uh, you get Bruce looking at the comic book page and then, uh, you get sort of that, um, what is it? The word, um, the jump scare moment where Mm -hmm. the, the monster just jerks mail out the window, Mm -hmm. uh, out of nowhere. And then you start putting, then you start putting it together right then and there that all of this has either happened before or it's all a premonition, something, Mm uh, or it's, it's, uh, you know, um, Bruce has read this comic book so much. It's now part of his subconscious, which makes a lot of sense. So now he is playing out the events of this comic book in real life because he is so upset with Sarah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I, I agree with you, uh, 100%. Um, and I, I did feel, because at the beginning of the movie, they emphasized on the comic. Uh-huh. I, I was like, okay, why why would they be emphasizing on that comic like they are? Um, mm-hmm. And something tells me that comic had something to do with what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't have time to, you know, look and see what the comic said on it. I know they talked about dinosaurs. But I feel like there is a time travel story in there too, or something. Right. So I really like that part. It's it's more supernatural than it is. Um, it's more supernatural than it is time travel. Yeah. Uh, because you've got the you've got the supernatural element with you know uh, Bruce's subconscious, be- Bruce's subconscious becoming reality. Uh, because you know, he's just, he's stressed out, you know, his girlfriend's moving away. Uh, and then they have that super intense conversation and it all just kind of gets revealed that, um, you know, he's the son of the people that her mom killed and then it moved and then, uh, they figure out that, you know, he's the one causing this and then they kiss and then the sky, the sky clears up for just a hot second. And then you've got that really intense sequence where they're trying to avoid all the tentacles and they're trying to move to the back of the plane as this monster kind of consumes it all. And then for a hot second, for a hot second, I thought that Sarah was a goner, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, so I want to spend a little bit, since this is a kaiju podcast, I did want to spend a little bit more time talking about the monster itself. Um, we, we touched on it a little bit, but overall, where would you rank the design and execution of this creature in like giant monster lore? Yeah, so ranking, it would be towards the bottom because there's just not enough of it. It's, it's a second thought in this movie. Yeah, um, it's a it's a looming presence, but it's not like it's not there all the time. Right. And I do love that. I love the aspect that this is a looming presence from the moment they get sent into the clouds to the moment they're out. Mm-hmm. It, it is this looming presence that we're already hinted to with the radio frequency. And then we're given, you know, the brief like lightning strikes and we see an outline, the roaring and then when Corey got killed, and then the tentacle. I love the the looming presence. Like mm. you feel like this thing is literally following them, and it's just over them at all times. Yeah. And then 
you know, at the end we get the reveal. And I thought, I mean, the CGI looked pretty good for a 2000 and what, 9? 2010. 2010, yeah. Yeah, a 2010 movie. I thought, oh, that looks pretty good. Um, so I really, I did like the monster. I thought it was well executed. But I, it just, it would be low on the rating scale because it's just, it's not in it enough. It's, yeah. it's hard to determine how good it is with a minute and a half of screen time. And, you know, you put this movie up against, I'm trying, I was looking up here while you were talking about what movies came out in the same year, uh, as this film. So we've got Clash of the Titans that Ooh. came out in 2010. You got mm -hmm. the ring that came out in 2010. You've got predators that came out in 2010 resident evil. Um, uh, let's see the reef dino shark, which I think those were direct to, uh, direct to home media releases. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've got troll hunter that came out in the same year. Uh, Hunter came out that year. Yes. Troll oh. hunter came out in the same year. Um, so out of, and then a movie called primal, which I think I've watched before. I'm pretty sure. Um, so out of some of the mainstream movies, the mainstream monster movies that we got in that year, where would you kind of rank this one? Would you still rank it towards the bottom or? So I liked it more than predators. So it'd okay. be above, uh, and I haven't seen resident evil. Um, the ones I recognize clash of the Titans, which I'd put at number two. Troll Hunters would be the best uh, monster movie of the year. Um, mm. And then you said Primal, Predators, Altitude, uh, that shark movie. Yes. Is that it? Uh, it looks like Insidious, but that's more of a supernatural horror movie. Yeah. We've got the Mongolian Death Worm that came out in 2010 as well. Uh, Sharktopus. I've seen I've that one. Uh, you've got Mega Shark versus the uh, Crocosaurus uh, that also came out in that year. Um, I'm trying to see here. I don't think uh, you got Dino Shark. And I think that's about it as far as like monster movies that came out in that year. Now, that's those are not the only movies that came out in this year. There are other genres, but those, out of the monster movie genre, that is all we got uh, in 2010. So for me... I'm actually going to give Clash of the Titans, the remake, uh, the number one spot. This is going to be somewhere toward the middle. Mm -hmm. um, because, like I said at the top of the show, this could have worked for, this could have worked just as well as sort of a psychological thriller as it did a monster movie. The monster just kind of felt a little bit shoehorned in at times uh, for the most part. So that's sort of where it's a little bit towards the middle or middle bottom mm -hmm. for me at least. Um, so, so yeah, um, as far as monster design and execution for me, like I said, I'm not super, I'm not super thrilled about it. It was just sort of generic, uh, Lovecraftian octopus, uh, apparition kind of thing. Not really know how, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just like a giant blob with tentacles and a mouth. Um, um, as far as the CGI goes, the CGI is not that bad. I didn't see many flaws in it. Everything looked very believable. Uh, although, um, you know, everything also moved very quickly too, and it was also very dark and rainy. Uh, so that helped disguise some of it. Uh, there was the, like the sequence, the sequence we were talking about earlier where 
uh, it's the slow motion and the, and the monster is uh, sort of grabbing at our protagonists. Um, the CGI didn't look fantastic there for like a couple seconds, but you know, given the fact that it was dark and rainy, it didn't, det- it didn't distract me too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, we're, overall, like where I would rank this, where I would rank this monster. I mean, it's, it's not very high. Um, honestly, I would, I would put it right below Cloverfield and I'm not a huge fan of Cloverfield. Yeah. Um, Real quick. Uh, have you seen Gareth Edwards monsters? Cause that came out in 2010 too. I have not actually seen that one. No, me neither. Um, I, I would put the uh, real quick altitude at three, uh, troll hunter being one clash two, altitude three. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, and then like the one major plot point, uh, that we end with, at least in the, that we end the movie with is they travel what seems to be back at like, literally they travel back in time. And honestly, I thought for like a hot second, those two planes were actually going to collide. Mm-hmm. And then, and then sort of the cycle just kind of goes all over again. I thought that that's what was going to happen, but instead it, it, the movie subverts our expectations again, where they avoid the crash and it seems that everything kind of gets a reset at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the message kind of at the end is don't let fate decide where you go, you know? Yes. And I, I think that's a really good message that, is underlying throughout i think most of the film actually um don't just because your mother crashed the plane don't don't you know don't fly a plane um just because uh it's just i i think that's i like that aspect of the film how it it's kind of there throughout um and I, i i really liked it all things considered with the monster and all that um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, all things considered. Yeah. So no real fun facts for this movie. I got uh, a few. I got, Oh, a do few. you have, do you have a few? Cause I didn't drum up. I didn't drum up. I did not drum up hardly any. So if you have a few, go for it. So I've got, uh, it was based off of HP Lovecraft's work, which we've mentioned. Sure. Um, right. it was made in Canada, which that would mean this is one of the very few Kaiju films um made in canada uh 100% uh the budget was 3.5 million dollars uh it was direct to dvd and uh a sequel altitude 2 altitude uh started filming february 2nd of 2020 so there's a sequel on the way for this movie altitude altitude mhm Altitudor. That sounds like like altitudor. Like alt. Like there's a tutor in, like a high tutor. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So altitude, <laughs> but they add an R at the end. Altitudor. That just sounds weird. But okay. <laughs> uh, All right. Whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah. So okay. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot. I don't think that is known about this movie. It's sort of a, a it's sort of an indie film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's sort of it, it, you would rank it in sort of the indie film yeah. category. Yeah. Um, 
direct direct to DVD release. Um, so probably it probably got some airtime on the Sci-Fi Channel or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it was fine. Um, didn't have any, didn't have a whole lot of problems with it. So, uh, Elijah, if you're ready to give our final thoughts and Godzuki score, uh, for those of you guys at home listening, and you're not familiar with how we rank movies on the Kaiju weekly podcast, we like to rank our films out of five Godzuki's because we like to embrace the sillier side of this genre. So Elijah still winning Thomas. What would you rank altitude out of five Godzukis? And you have to sing it, by the way. Okay. So, you know, I, I for the most part uh, throughout this recording, I have complimented the film. It's got a lot of good stuff. You know, it's it's got great cinematography, great atmosphere. Camera works really well. CGI is pretty good. The acting is decent, but it does, you know, it falls on... The characters, the characters are pretty garbage in this movie. You know, it's just like, oh, we're going to this concert and we're getting in a plane and they get in a plane. Um, we don't we, most of it's left to interpretation. They don't really help you uh, get to know your characters that well. So it's really hard to pick an antagonist, even though, you know, Sal is kind of our antagonist. Um there's, you know, it. the writing's also pretty sloppy. Like, they say Sal killed Corey, but it's clear Corey was dead whenever Sal cut the line or was going to be dead. Um, you know, so there's some errors throughout the film. Uh, I like the concept of the film. It really felt like something taken straight out of the Twilight Zone um, mixed with H.P. Lovecraft. Like, the, uh, the terror at 5,000 feet in the air or whatever it is, the gremlin episode of Twilight Zone. It felt very similar to that, but with a giant monster spin. Um, so I, I, I did like that. So overall, I think I would have to give the film, here I put one and a half, but after further thought, um, I'd have to give it uh, two Godzookies out of five. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair. Uh, you know, my, my final thoughts are going to kind of be short and sweet. And then I'll read Travis's final thoughts and his score. Um, basically I view this as a very approachable monster movie. Um, like you said, I do have, there are problems with it. There are problems with the characters. Honestly, I wish that we have gotten a little bit more backstory on our characters to kind of understand their motivations and things. Uh, but overall, you know, from what we got to, you know, from what we got in the movie, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was honestly fine. I, this is something that I'm probably not going to watch uh, very often. It's not going to, it's not going to be one that I reach for, but I don't regret watching it. Yeah. Honestly. Um, it was a fun movie. It was a, it was obviously meant to be a thriller sort of on your seat. It was on the edge of your seat type of thriller. And it does have, it does do those things very well. It's very claustrophobic. It's a very close quarters kind of movie. Uh, so if you're into that kind of thing, you probably will, uh, enjoy this one. And I, like I've, like I've said numerous times in this episode, I think that you did not necessarily need a monster in it for it to be a good movie. Mm -hmm. Um, the monster was, the monster felt a little bit shoehorned in at times, but I understand why the monster is there. 
Um, our characters are pretty solid. They're sort of your stereotypical archetypes uh, for characters of this age, uh, for, of this age range. And I don't have a huge problem with them. The special effects are solid, uh, given the fact. And although you know it is set primarily at night and a th- at night in a thunderstorm, I think that works to its benefit as far as some of the CGI and effects go. Um, Again, where this film kind of suffers for me is the um, is the plot or the not the plot, but some of the backstory. The characters need more explanation to understand them a little bit more. Uh, some parts are a little bit confusing that you have to that and leave you and leave things up to interpretation. Um, but overall, out of five Godzukis, I'm going to have to go ahead and just give this a solid three out of five Godzukis. So before we move on, I do want to go ahead and read Travis's Godzuki score for this film. Travis gave this movie a 3.5 out of five Godzukis. And his final thoughts read like this. This is a nice thriller with a decent mystery and a lot of and a lot of suspense. The characters and their dialogue really drag the film down in places, but for the for a uh, directional debut for the directional debut, it is good. The way the camera moves within the plane and the angles it and the angles it was filmed from helped uh, helped disorient the disorient disorientate whatever that movie is. Um, the viewer and make them on and take and make them on the edge. Overall, it is an exciting ride. And I can't disagree. I can't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, yeah. it is, it is, it is an exciting movie, uh, with a lot of thriller Hitchcock, uh, Stephen King, Lovecraftian elements to it. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's solid. And if you want to watch this movie, you can find this film for free on Tubi, um, so I think I might even, uh, put a link to this film in the description, which we don't necessarily, we don't always get to do because it's sometimes, um, it is kind of hard to find, uh, these types of lesser known, uh, giant monster films. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we actually do have, uh, a, one more segment to get through. And Elijah, do you know what that segment is? Is it the mailbag? It's the mailbag. What's in the mail today? And this week's mailbag comes from the geek dot Richards and uh, they write uh, Kaiju weekly. Hey guys, just, just discovered your show. Love it already. Quick question. And I'm sorry if you've been asked this, what classic Godzilla movies should I watch to get pumped for Godzilla versus Kong besides the new ones? So bar, so excluding the monster verse films, what Godzilla films should, uh, the geek dot Richards watch leading up to GVK. I'll start with you, Elijah. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not the Kaiju weekly, but I, I'll gladly give my answer. Um, so, with Godzilla versus Kong, you've got to consider, okay, it's got to be, you know, there's going to be some serious tones, you know, obviously, um, you got to watch some of the campy stuff. So if I had to give an answer, I would say, uh, if you want to get pumped, watch King Kong versus Godzilla, you got to watch that. 
just so you know how the final one ended. Um, I would say Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, because I feel like that's what the movie's going to be kind of like, you know, a crazy, bombastic film. So definitely watch that one. Uh, I would say Terror of Mechagodzilla, because in that movie we have some human characters tied to the monsters, um, kind of like what we're going to see here in Godzilla vs. Kong. So I would say those three. Um, probably... Hmm, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of re representation from all the eras. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to go with some crazy stuff, uh, I'd say go with Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah 91. Uh, that's got a lot of crazy time, uh, time travel plots and whatnot. And then, uh, I'd say, uh, Megaguirus, because I do feel like we're going to see some of that stuff that Megaguirus has brought up. Um, in its film, in GVK, and then Final Wars, because Final Wars is a fun movie to get, uh, sit down, especially with a group of friends, um, maybe they're a little hammered, um, and, uh, watch. And one, pa and one passes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, they forget that they have to record a podcast, and then, you know, they gotta call you up and gotta be like, yo, Elijah. Can you record with us? Because I'm not feeling great. And then you got to be like, of course, I'd gladly come on. And then you uh, make sure you're always beating Nathan the Loser March in. Okay. Well, that's 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 pretty that's a pretty good assortment. Um, I'm gonna try to go. I'm gonna try to get some representation from each era myself. So obviously, you got to start with the the original battle uh, to end all battles: King Kong versus Godzilla versus uh, 1962. I personally recommend watching the uh, Japanese version yes. if, you, if you can get your hands on it. If you cannot, the American version is pretty good too. It's the one that we all kind of grew up with that we're all that we all have sort of a little bit of nostalgia for. Um, probably also in the Showa era, I'm gonna say that Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from 1974 is the superior film to Terror of Mechagodzilla. Wrong. Uh, because it is uh, Mechagodzilla's debut uh, film, or it's Mechagodzilla's debut in the franchise, and I think that it's more important to celebrate that than Titanosaurus, but that's just me. Um, what about or, the awesomeness that Terror is? You know, Terror <laughs> is a Terror is a good movie. Don't get me wrong, Terror is a good movie. I just prefer. I just prefer the characters and the plot line and just everything else about the original movie, the first movie in in 74 than I do terror. You're just wrong. Um, just wrong. There's a little less camp. I feel like there's a little less camp in the first half of the duology from set the from Mechagodzilla than there is in terror. You're just wrong. 100% wrong. <laughs> I know I'm 100% right. My friend, uh, let's see from the Heisei era. Oh, it's tough. Okay. So, You know, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is not a bad choice because there is some ridiculousness in that film that I think kind of will prepare um, him for him or her for in Godzilla versus Kong because I feel like Godzilla versus Kong is going to be very Showa 
mm-hmm. uh, show alike in its in its craziness because Adam Wingard has said that this movie is wild. So I cannot think of another film in the Heisei era that is just as wild as um, as this one might be as Godzilla versus King Ghidorah from 1991. So yeah, I would go with that one and probably uh, my personal uh, favorite film from the Heisei era, which is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I'm picking that one is just in case Mechagodzilla is used as the, uh, as an, as a protagonist weapon and not an antagonist weapon in GVK. Uh, that is the way he is portrayed in, uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two. Mechagodzilla uh, is used as a weapon of, uh, weapon to stop Godzilla, uh, by the humans uh, as opposed to in 74, he's a weapon used to destroy Godzilla and destroy the earth by aliens. So there's a, going to be a, star, there's going to be a, a, a good bit of contrast there. Uh, Millennium. Oh, Mecha, uh, let's see. Godzilla versus Mechagirus is good too. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with Godzilla two. I would go with Godzilla 2000 over Mechagirus. Mm-hmm. Although some of the plot lines in Mechagirus are probably going to be more similar to what we're going to see in GBK. You can't really go long. You can't really go wrong with either, but my personal preference leans towards Godzilla 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, mm, maybe one of the Kiryu movies, uh, Tokyo SOS is a better film than Godzilla X Mechagodzilla. So I would probably go with that. So Godzilla, Godzilla, uh, Godzilla Tokyo SOS uh, from 2003 is what I would go with the Millennium Era. So that covers all four eras. Just don't watch Final Wars. You'll be fine without watching Final Wars. That's all you need to know. You're wrong. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for a response. So if you uh, also, if you guys, the audio listeners, and all the ones playing the home game want to send us a question just like the geek dot Richards. Um, you can do so by emailing your question, uh, to Kaiju weekly at gmail.com, or you can just shoot us a message on social media. We're on all major platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also find us hanging out at the Kaiju groupie Facebook group. And before we get, before we end this podcast, uh, we always ask a trivia question to lead us into the next film. Uh, and this month for February, it is our fearsome flyers month. So our trivia question for the next film that we're going to cover in the podcast reads what Toho film was co-produced with Columbia pictures that featured a duet by the peanuts. And I hope that that is going to be a good one to ask folks. Uh, I, I take it you're going to have to be a true fan to really get that one right. Um, so you can send your answers to our email at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. You can also message us on Twitter at kaijuweekly uh, and on Instagram at the at kaijuweeklypod uh, to give us your answer. And if you and if you give us any answer, whether it be right funny. We love the funny answers. Actually, if you want to just give us some smart aleck, funny answer, sarcastic answer, we will definitely read that out on the next episode of the podcast. So Elijah, before we get out of here, I want to give you a few minutes to give us all of your shameless plugs. Hey, this is a first. (laughs) Wait, how is it a first? Uh, 
I don't remember the last time I was able to link myself on this podcast. Well, that's Travis's fault, not mine. I try, to, <laughs> I try to take I try to take care of you, buddy. Actually, if I remember correctly, we weren't able to give your shameless plugs because somebody named uh, Nathan Marchand um, talked over you the whole time. Yeah, it sounds like the, you know he's probably a loser. He probably just uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be so mad. At us. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but anyway, Elijah, go ahead. Give us all your shameless plugs for everything that you're into within the Kaiju and Tokusatsu community. Yeah, so I run a podcast. Uh, it's called Kaiju Conversation. We have a Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-V-E-R-S. We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram at Kaiju Conversation. Uh, you know, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. So you can be notified anytime I post. I'm not too active, but eventually I might. Um, I have a Teespring store that has all the merchandise for the podcast. It's pretty lackluster, but I'll get there eventually. I'll have something on there. I also, uh, I'm an admin and moderator on one of the largest Kaiju servers around, uh, Kaiju Conversation. And we also have a YouTube channel for the podcast called Kaiju Conversation. Um, I also have a Twitter, uh, Instagram, and YouTube channel uh, at et13 underscore productions for Twitter, uh, at et13 productions on Instagram, and et13 productions on YouTube. Um, I post, you know, random stuff I do that wouldn't work on the podcast, like, uh, you know, short films or just small brief discussions. I haven't done a lot recently, but I'm going to here in the future, hopefully. Uh, I do figure photography. I make random tweets about kaiju and tokusatsu because I'm I'm a nerd, um, and I don't have much of a life outside of this. Um, I think. <laughs> um, and uh, hmm, I think I think that's it. I also write for GodzillaMovies.com. Haven't uh, in a good minute, but I'll probably get something on there soon. Um, and I also write for a magazine called uh, Kaiju Ramen. Uh, next issue is coming out in April, I believe. Right, Michael? Never, never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's pretty lame. If I'm going to be honest, uh, <laughs> the the art the art direction the podcast is going is pretty bad. I just. <laughs> Whoever they have hired to do the art, like not the art itself, but the art direction, he's, mm -hmm. he should really get some graphic design lessons because he, he doesn't know uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's pretty green. Yeah, he's pretty green. He, he doesn't he he never knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, Elijah, you are a you are a fantastic writer. Uh, you have written you have uh, we have big plans for you uh, in upcoming issues for Kaiju Rama magazine and other projects that we have going on. So we're looking forward to it, man. Um, so before we get out of here, I just want to take some time and say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with all of your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are Kaiju weekly. If you want uh, or uh, Kaiju groupie pod, which is me, you can follow me at Kaiju groupie pod. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Kaiju at the Kaiju. I'm sorry, at Kaiju weekly pod. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Kaiju 
at the Kaiju Groupie, where you're just going to find all of my toy photography because I'm a huge nerd myself. Uh, all the links to our social media will be in the description of this episode, as well as a link to the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group where we're hanging out with other giant monster nerds just like yourself. Uh, you can send questions, comments, or answers to trivia uh, to our email at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who has supported the Kaiju Ramen magazine so far. It's been a really, really good response from the community uh, on that project, and we are looking forward to having many, many more issues come out over the next year or so. Or, well, not we have another three issues coming out for the rest of the year, and we're really, really looking forward to that. We're going to be working with some fantastic artists and writers Um and we have a very special GVK edition of the magazine coming out uh, in the next issue. Uh, if you want to find more about that project and others associated with that with the magazine, you can follow us at kaijuramenmagazine.com. Also, if you want to be an awesome person and help out the podcast even further, uh, you can do so by going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. Uh, criticize us in the comments all you want or tell us that you've named your pet after us. Uh, specifically, if you want to name your pet uh, after me or Elijah, uh, do not name your pet after Travis. Uh, I don't know if he would like that very much, but if you want to do that and you want to show some love to the podcast, just like our good friend Kim did at the top of the show, if you want to be awesome, just like her and have your comments read, please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, and we will read that feedback on a future episode. So, Elijah, Michael. have you had a fantastic time on this podcast episode. Yeah. You know, I always have fun whenever it's just you and I, you know, I mean, yeah. Travis yeah, who, is kind who, of a fun sponge. Like who needs, yeah. Yeah. Who needs Travis? Yeah. Who needs Travis? You know, yeah, who I, needs Travis? I should just become the co-host. So with that said, I just want to say thank you, man, for coming on and, uh, being a team player and helping us out at the last minute. I know, uh, wasn't our favorite film to watch together, but it was still a good time talking with you about this and other things associated with the fandom. I'm looking forward to what's going to be happening over the next few months, uh, especially with GVK and some of the awesome anime that we're going to be getting. And to you, dear audio listener, we thank you for tuning in to us each and every week. We appreciate every last one of you listening. So, as always, you can help control the giant monster population by having your what in the heck uh giant skythulu skythulu skythulus mm -hmm. by having your skythulus spayed or neutered thank you very much guys bye